Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time once again for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. We have a great show for you guys this week. I just thought, got, I just finished getting fitted for clubs, which was an experience. Uh, but we have a full show. We're going to talk a little NASCAR, a little Super Bowl, uh, and golf as well as a waste management. Phoenix Open is underway. Uh, we had a great first day of golf there. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead, jump right in. Uh, let's go to the NASCAR clash. Uh, was it as bad as I thought it was going to be? Um, the second half of the main event definitely turned into a little bit of a shit show. Um, but it, I thought it could have been worse. I'm still not happy with the event, I'll say that. Uh, but Slade, your, your thoughts on it? Uh, I thought it was horrible. I think that they need to go to a track that's at least a half a mile. Um, Erica's brother was saying maybe North Wilkesboro next year. Uh, I don't hate the idea. I guess it's like 0.6, mile, 0.6 of a mile or whatever. But uh, mm. I, I don't know. I think that there was way too many cars on the track. I mean, when they lined them up, they basically took up the track and yeah. you were lapped down. If you were 14th or 14th or farther back, like you were, yeah. you were lapped down the whole race. Then um, it, it just seemed like that was the case or people got really upset and they were just not using their brakes at all. Like kind of video game style, just running into the corner into whoever was there. Um, I really was not a fan of, of this year's. I liked last year's. I don't know if it was just because it was the wild factor and it being new, but mm-hmm. I, I was not a fan of, of this past weekend's race. Yeah, uh, to your point about taking it to another track like North Wilkesboro, I had even brought up if, if NASCAR is so dead set on doing like a small bullring kind of race like this, one, it does need to be less cars. I agree with you there. Um, but let's let's we, we keep talking about how NASCAR needs to get back to its roots and, and express more of its roots. Uh, if you want to go to a bigger track, there's Rockingham, uh, which is getting renovated this year. I think that would be a great addition. Um, it's close for all the NASCAR teams. You don't have to drive super far. Go get your warm-up race in, your, your exhibition race, and then head down to Daytona. Uh, I still think they should go back to Daytona. But uh, back to, like, the bullring kind of track, go to Bowman Gray. That's uh, a huge track that's part of NASCAR routes. Uh, you're, uh, you're not going to fit stock cars on there, but, like, Again, I said last week, hey, let, let's put everybody in the same style kind of car. Um, most of these drivers have late models now. I would love to see them, you know, throw those out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Spending the money it takes to put all that effort into the Clash, you can't tell me they're making their money back on it. I, I understand more fans showed up for that main event, uh, but all the heat races were basically bare-bones seats. Uh, the concerts were okay. Um, Wiz Khalifa was actually pretty good. Uh, the first one, was yeah, Cypress. <laughs> uh, Cypress Hill. You, I love their music and I, I still do, but you could definitely tell those guys were showing their age a little bit. But again, that's okay. Um, yeah, but like, like I said, the, the heat races were okay. They were decent. Um, everything was pretty clean in most of them. Uh, again, you had guys once in a while, and the hard issue with a, a track like that is the guy right behind you could be racing you perfectly clean, and a guy two guys back from him is is running into people. Um, you had a lot of situations where guys are getting run over. They're upset at another driver, and the driver's like, listen, I, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I'm trying. Now, there was clear evidence, like Austin Dillon, the douchebag that he is. Uh, you also had Ross Chastain dive-bombing Denny Hamlin again. Um, overall, like you said, I'm on the same page. I'm not enthused about it. I thought, I thought the racing, the first half of the main event, was better than it was last year. Uh, and then they did that little break. They did the concert. They went back out there. And I, I think it took... 45 minutes to run five green fake laps uh, because they just could not run into one and two without running think, over each other. I think five laps was the most amount that they got in during the second half yeah. before 
would they say it was 16 yellow flags last year? There was five. Yeah. Um, and then I, I feel bad for Ryan Priest, too. Looked dominant, and then he has issue with his fuel pump. He drops back. Still finishes in the top ten, so a great showing from him. Uh, but it, it's kind of worrying, again, as a, as a Harvick fan. Um, they had a lot of reliability issues last year. I'm really hoping we got it out of the way now. I mean, obviously, it's going to happen here and there throughout the season, but uh, I, I don't want the same issues they had last year. Uh, Nick, I know you didn't watch much of it because you were focused on the PGA tournament, uh, but any thoughts you have on the race? Yeah, so uh, just based on what little bit I did watch and hearing you guys talk, I mean, you guys had the same opinion I had based on the little bit that I watched. Um, so I basically have nothing else to say. Either put it on a bigger track or get rid of it. Yeah. Um, that, not a whole lot of NASCAR this week, but next week we'll have a full season preview. We're going to talk a lot about the Daytona 500. Um, so if you're here for NASCAR content, make sure you come back next week as we talk more and more about that. Oh, uh, we'll quick. S- yeah. George, what were your thoughts? So sometimes switching manufacturers – um, there could be a little bit of a learning difference. Um, there are a lot of things on the inside of the car that are different, aside from just the different sponsor on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on Kyle Busch being able to get wrecked and drive through the field like as easily as we've seen him do for from previous years? I, I did not expect him to be able to drive through the field, especially at this track where no one was able to pass, really. Yeah. Uh, I think it just speaks – I mean, Kyle Busch gets a lot of hate because of his arrogance and his attitude at times, but people forget how, how good of a race car driver he really is. I mean, it's the same manufacturer it was in the past, but you would see him go from Xfinity to Cup and dominate just full weekends in trucks as well. Um, but uh, even though they're the same kind of team, manufacturer, whatever, they're completely different race cars, and he would go from one to the next and just dominate. Uh, so I'm not – Super surprised. I, I was a little surprised that he was able to do it in an RCR car. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can keep that up throughout the full season. Uh, we saw last year Tyler Reddick clearly outshone Austin Dillon. Uh, Dillon only lucked into the playoffs because of a bullshit win at Daytona. Um, so I, I don't expect him to do well all year, uh, Austin Dillon. Uh, but I think Kyle Busch is, is going to be the same exact way he was in years past. And again, kind of take up that mantle as the, the flagship leader of RCR. Um, but I, I think he is. I actually found myself rooting for him at some points on, on Sunday, which was weird. I, take, I think yeah. they're going to be track house this year. I I, they're going to go I out agree. and compete in the top five every single week, and everyone's going to be like, yeah. how, how are they doing this? How did they go from not being able to finish in the top 15 two years ago to this? Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you there, only because I think Chastain's going to continue to piss more and more people off, and it's going to come back to haunt him. And Suarez is a really good race car driver, and we've seen it at times, but I don't think his consistency is there enough yet. Um, and if I mean, if he can become a consistent driver, he can become a top 10 driver in NASCAR. But his issue is that one week he'll go out there, and not just because it's road courses, the super speedways, and so on. He's done really well at a lot of different style of tracks, and then the next week he'll go out to either a similar or different style uh, and then just completely struggle, whether it's him or the team. But uh, until he is, develops consistency, I don't see him living up to his full potential, I'll say. Uh, but again, next week, uh, we'll introduce NASCAR Fantasy as well. Um, have a full NASCAR show for you guys next week if you're interested in that. So make sure you come back and check that out. Moving on, um, we don't really want to talk about this anymore, but we had the Pro Bowl this past weekend. There was a little bit more highlights than I thought was going to come out of it. Uh, this year, they had the brand new style. I believe it took place over three days. Uh, all different skill competitions, uh, a seven-on-seven football game, uh, tic-tac-toe with long snappers. Um, there were definitely parts of it 
that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, uh, most of them came out of the skills competition. The best catch, what I thought was, in my mind, one of the best competitions of the weekend. Uh, it was cool getting to see long snappers, punters, kickers get you know the spotlight for five minutes uh, and do tic-tac-toe. I thought creative, and, and I thought it was a lot of fun for the guys too. Outside of that, I thought it was a dumpster fire. Uh, introducing the longest drive competition was beyond stupid. Uh, half of those guys, you could tell, never swung a club before, but here we were. Um, Nick, I'll, I'll let you go since you didn't get to talk much about NASCAR. Just your thoughts on the Pro Bowl weekend as a whole. Yeah, so uh, we talked about it off the show. The Pro Bowl is in absolute shambles. Um, I think it's been on a pretty steady decline for the past couple of years now, but it is officially hit rock, rock bottom with this whole seven-on-seven format for the game itself. Um, the, the games that they played before that, you know, the skills competitions or whatever, it seemed like the majority of the players had a lot of fun. Um, as a fan, I enjoyed, you know, seeing some of the camaraderie and fun that they had come out of that. Um, and always, you know, like you said, the best catch was nice to watch. There were some good catches on there. Um, but the Pro Bowl, like I said, the seven on seven, it, it, that's the problem here. Um, these players get paid millions of dollars to be the best in the business. And I'm sure it probably almost feels degrading to them to be put into a seven on seven game like it's the off season of high school. Um uh, on top of that, there were plenty of players that I thought didn't make it that deserved to, and also players that did make it that didn't deserve to. I'm looking at you, Tyler Huntley. Um, they need, first of all, to run a normal game, shorten the quarters, you know, whatever, uh, and be very aggressive with the whistleblowing. I, this isn't the age of Sean Taylor anymore. I don't think your safety is going to come from 30 yards back and draw a punter. Um, but, you know, you got to have that quick whistle just in case, you know, somebody wants to get a little first or everything. Like, these are still competitors. They're going to compete. Um, I, I think as far as getting the players in, I like the way that the NHL does it. I think that you have to have some sort of format of like taking the two best players in a you know certain statistical category, whether it's based off a of rating or yards and touchdowns or however you want to do it, and then let the fans fill out the rest of the roster. Uh, because the NFL Pro Bowl and the players that get in just don't make sense anymore. Yeah. Uh, my biggest knock about it being one a fan vote, uh, but two. Somehow becoming a, a pro bowler gets you is the status you need to earn to be able to be voted into the Hall of Fame. Not not all pro, not anything like yeah. that. But if you if you get accepted or voted into a Pro Bowl, you get to go you you become eligible for the Hall of Fame essentially, which I think is a total sham. Uh Slade, I'll let you go first before I fix the Pro Bowl because that's what I do best here. Uh, I fix the 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 all-star race, I fix uh the, the clash, and I'm gonna fix the NFL Pro Bowl. But Slade, your your thoughts on the Pro Bowl weekend? Yeah, so first off, just to kind of start with what you had kind of mentioned, Nick had mentioned, um, uh, from someone that didn't really care for the NFL, um, I'm more of a college football person, but I thought that making the Pro Bowl was to to show all of these special skills that these these big-name, big playmakers um, are, are capable of. Um, I understand maybe not going 100% in these games, but – the flag football, dodgeball, long drive. I mean, I think that they would get more excitement out of just putting these dudes on a cruise and doing a belly flop contest. I mean, this is just, I mean, this is like, okay, you you are really good at your position. Now come play in some clown circus games for a week. Like, I, I don't understand. They're not even playing football. Yeah. The, the 707, I mean, the only person that played to what their true talents are was Trevor Lawrence when he threw an interception on the first play. Like, I don't know what else they want from these people, but they need to change this because if, like you said, the statistic or the the um, 
uh, like the achievement that you need is to be voted Pro Bowl, and you go out and play these reindeer games, basically, that's what you need to be in the Hall of Fame. But there's a bunch of people that missed out because someone like Huntley and them got in. Uh, like, what? What the heck? What? what so, so this person's not going to get a chance at at the a Hall of Fame because we wanted to let this other person come in and play Donald Trump. Right, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so my thoughts on the Pro Bowl, and here's how I would fix it because I, I'm I'm in line with both of you guys. I hated everything, and I, I said it earlier. Um, either Friday or Saturday, do a skills competition because there are skills competitions that the, the Pro Bowl brings that I really enjoy. I don't mind watching a dodgeball game between NFL players. Uh, I mean, for the years prior, they, they did it on like the day before or a couple days before. Uh, I mean, it's cool getting to see these guys go out and play stupid games like that, you know, with no real consequences, you know, or the NFC is trying to get more points for this and the AFC, so on and so forth. Um, but I wouldn't mind like a Thursday or Friday night uh, go out there and do those competitions like dodgeball, tick or kick, kick tac toe, or however they they uh, worded that. Uh, that's a, a lot of big words in a row. Um, but for the game itself, uh, so the fans get to vote one player from each team. Um, from there, the players vote who else gets into the Pro Bowl. Uh, they can't vote for their own team, so the Jaguars can't sit there and you know vote for all their own guys. Um, but then it's compiled, and then whoever has the most votes at each position gets in. Um, you go there. It's not AFC versus NFC anymore. Uh, they do, and the NHL used to do this, and I wish they would go back to it. Uh, player drafts. The NBA does it now. I, I forgot that they still do that. You get one team captain for for both sides, or you do like this year. Give me Peyton Manning versus Eli Manning, and let's they can draft their players however they want to do it. They go out there, they play a, a normal football game, uh, like you said. If you want to shorten the quarters, whatever it may be. But each player on the winning team gets a million dollars. And I, I think that would, one, kind of up the ante a little bit and make it more of like a legitimate game. Uh, again, either do shorten the quarters, just play one half, or however you want to do it um, to, to kind of shorten the time. I don't think we need a full 60-minute football game. Uh, but that's what I would implement into the Pro Bowl to make it kind of a little bit more exciting uh, and, and get the players to actually try a little bit <laughs> rather than just you know, kind of playing slap ass for two hours. Um, Just an idea here, or not an idea, but um, sort of a informative piece to give you an idea of how much a, a boost a uh, million dollars per player would get. The winning team currently gets, I think it's $84,000 each. Oh my God. So that, yeah. I read that. I was like, for real? I don't yeah, know. That's for the Super Bowl, right? No, that's not no, for I, Pro Bowl. I, I said, I'm that? pretty sure that's for Pro Bowl. Oh. Uh. Oh, I, that might be wrong. I read both of those numbers recently, but so that could very well. I'm not gonna lie, that could be for the Pro Bowl, but I'm pretty sure, that, or for the Super Bowl, but I'm pretty sure that was the Pro Bowl number. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pay the guys at the Pro Bowl anymore for winning the game. But um, just my thoughts. Uh, let's move on. You got, you got to have fun. You got to you got <laughs> right. to grab flags. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, big game in the NFL this weekend. One that means a little, little bit more than the Pro Bowl does. Um, it's, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's a, there's a little bit more prestige behind it. Uh, I think the guys are definitely going to be trying this game. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's break down our, our full thoughts on this game, uh, and who we think is going to win or lose with, or go home with the Lombardi trophy on Sunday night after the conclusion of the waste management open. Uh, and then we have this wonderful game. Uh, I'll, I'll start first. I think the storyline of the game is going to be, uh, the, the front seven on defense for both sides. I think these are two of the best front sevens in the NFL. 
Uh, they both have great defensive lines, and the linebacking cores are really good. Uh, the Chiefs had a huge step forward this season. I feel like coming in, their deep, or their, their secondary was questionable, um, especially with losing. Sherman wasn't good, but they did lose him. They lost Matthew too, Honey Badger. Um, everybody points to Tyreek Hill leaving the team as the, the the question marks around them and why they weren't picked to be the favorites anymore. For me, it was it was more on the defensive side. Yeah, Tyreek was a huge loss, but they replaced him enough. Whereas you just lost Honey Badger, one of your best safeties. Uh, Sherman, again, wasn't that great, but still a defensive leader. So that's where my question marks were. But this linebacking core came in this season. They had a huge step forward. Um, and then you look at the defense. I think this might be the defensive best defensive line uh, in the NFL. Um, I think their secondary gets the edge over Kansas City, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching both of the, of the Kansas City and the Eagles. Uh, their front seven face off against the opposing offensive line. Uh, that's what I'm going to be watching most of the game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Nick, your thoughts, uh, what, what you're going to be watching this weekend. Yeah, so uh, one, uh, I'd say that the biggest thing I'm going to be watching this week is uh, Pacheco. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right. I forget his first name, but the running back for Kansas City. Um, because the Eagles, when teams have have like made them struggle, uh, when teams have found their weaknesses, when teams have made games close that maybe shouldn't have been close, it's been due to their running game. Uh the Eagles don't have a lot of weaknesses anywhere on the field, uh, but for some reason, when it comes to stopping the run, that seems to be their biggest weakness. Um, so it's going to fall a lot on Pacheco. Obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball, so that's always. But, I mean, we expect Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball. Um, he's got plenty of receivers around him. Uh, like I said, I think that running game for Kansas City is going to be huge. And then on the other, other side of the ball, it's just going to be containing Philly. Make Philly go down the field slowly methodically don't give them any big plays you know that they're going to move the ball they have a great run game uh jalen hurts can throw the ball all over the field and he's got plenty of talent to throw it to um so make them march down the field make them earn every single point you give them you know uh, you know kansas city knows they're gonna score points um maybe not as much as they're used to against this philly defense but they know they're gonna score points you got to make sure that your defense is making them march Obviously, by doing that, you're going to get a couple extra third down stops along the way. Uh, so really, that's the key. Uh, it's just it, it's a little bit different than what Kansas City's used to playing. Kansas City's normally more the team of you know fly down the field, score. Maybe their defense gets the ball back, or maybe they let the other team score. Like, but this isn't the Kansas City of the past. Like you said, that front seven is huge, um, and and they're going to have to stop Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. All right, Saeed, what, what are you looking forward to or what are you going to be watching this Sunday aside from Rihanna shaking her ass at halftime? I'm going to be watching for A.J. Brown, to be honest. Uh, he was the start receiver all season, it seemed like. Uh, week 13 happened, he got a touchdown, and he hasn't scored a touchdown since. Uh, that's that's a lot of weeks that their star receiver has not seen the ball uh, near the end zone at all. I mean, uh, it, it seems as if he's kind of getting the treatment that um, – we saw like kind of Antonio get when J- Juju Smith-Schuster got there. Um, and so it seems like Devontae Smith is getting a lot of those um, in the red zone passes now. But I-, I just don't see him going, what, what would it be, seven weeks at that point then to end the season with no touchdowns. Um, I-, I just – I think that he's going to get a score. Um, I thought that he was going to get close to it, what was that, two weeks ago when he had the – the ball that was actually an incompletion, but they called it a, a catch oh, yeah. for like 60 yards or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that he's going to finally find the end zone. Um, 
I'm so scared to pick one team or the other because everyone is picking the Eagles. It seems like anytime that you have any, they just, everyone just keeps saying that they have the most complete team. They have the most complete team, but then you look at the injury reports and the chiefs basically have their whole team, even the depleted receivers and stuff. Like there's only one receiver right now that's ruled out completely. And, uh, who is that? Who is that? Uh, Hardman. Um, but I mean, there's five guys on the Eagles roster that are questionable. Now, obviously all these people are going to play Lane Johnson, especially, but it's just, we had talked about last week that, uh, I didn't think that the chiefs were, or two weeks ago, I didn't think the chiefs were going to be able to win when they're playing with a bunch of backups and somehow they got it done. So I just feel like they're just like the horse that just can't get beat hard enough. Like they just keep getting back. Yeah. I, 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 I have such a hard time. I don't think I'm gonna pick one team or the other. I think that I'm just gonna go more or less what with like pussy. over yards and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I originally had said that I would take the Eagles, and I think that they're the favorites, yeah. but I'm not personally gonna. I'm not. I'm not betting on any of these teams right, one because right. I can't. But right. two, I, I yeah. said that I would. Although I like slates. the Eagles better, and I said that if they had won, that I was gonna place monster bet on them. <laughs> but I'm not putting any money on this. Slade did say AJ Brown anytime touchdown score is a lock. Yeah. Right. All right, Nick. Pictures, but <laughs> who are you picking to win the Super Bowl? Look, I'm I'm right there along with Slate on this. Uh, but I, I am gonna pick somebody. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm still making my mind up here. Um, like you said, Slade. Everybody's picking the Eagles. Um, you can't count Patrick Mahomes out though. Uh, the, like you said, every time it seems like oh well, they don't have the team to do it. You know, here they are. Um, obviously a couple misses here and there. Like think about last year, but now they're in the Super Bowl again. Um. I personally am going to go with Kansas City here for two reasons. One, because everybody else is going to Philly. And two, because if the NFL script is a real thing, Patrick Mahomes is going to want to be the winner in that. So we're going with the Chiefs. And the I, did, I had Eagles originally, and I just want to say that I'm not confident in taking the Chiefs, but I had to pick one. So I'm going with the NFL script here. Uh, I, I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is our slogan here, fuck Philly. But – uh, this is the team coming into the season. Everybody was so high on them uh, to start the year. I didn't understand it. I thought they would be not a 500 team, but, you know, kind of a hanging around, sneak into the playoffs kind of team and, and limp from there. They proved me wrong at every point. Again, we, we've said it before. We're waiting for Philly to have their collapse, and, and when's it going to come? At this point, I don't think it's going to come this year. Uh, and now I say that, obviously, it's going to happen uh, middle of the third quarter. They're going to blow a 20-point lead. AJ Brown's um, going to drop a pass in the end zone. Yeah. Um, don't worry. They'll call it complete anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I think, uh, again, going back, it's going to be a huge battle between the, the defensive front sevens. But I think, like I said, with the Eagles having a slight advantage over the Chiefs uh, with their secondary, I think that makes all the difference. They're going to make it very hard for Mahomes. Um he, his receivers got banged up in the AFC Championship game. He was obviously still able to do a lot of things with his offense. Uh, if Hopefully his leg is feeling better and better as each day goes on. Um, but I think the Eagles defense is what wins them the Super Bowl. I, I honestly don't see this being a super high-scoring game. Uh, I, I can see the final score being 21-17, somewhere around there. Um, but I, I don't see this being like a 40-37 game, kind of what everybody's talking about. And if we go back to the NFL script leaking, it's already been put out. The Eagles are supposed to win by like a touchdown. I think like 39, 36. Yeah. yeah. So 34-31. Yeah. So I am gonna go with the Eagles uh, because of the scripts already leaked. Um that which which this is what they'll do. They'll do the opposite 
Yeah. And the Chiefs win because they want to shut down all these script rumors. Like, see, it's not scripted. We're moving on to the next season. Yeah, yeah plus everybody's uh, got their money on Philly. The, the sports books win. If Kansas yeah, City the last wins. couple of weekends, the last couple of weekends, that is something I wanted to mention. Uh, whenever, like, 80% or more of the money is on a team, that team has lost each yeah. of the last three weekends of the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's going to be a very fun weekend. I, we are super excited to see the Super Bowl. we got a party going on at my house. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we move on, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm sitting here laughing. Um, I just happened to open Twitter because I love opening Twitter sometimes. Uh, our good friend Big Game Boomer decided to post tonight, uh, and his tweet says, what college fan base is slowly losing touch with reality? Um, the replies are absolutely hilarious. Uh, but I, before we move on, I want to get your thoughts. Spur of the moment, uh, what college football fan base is slowly losing touch with reality? Uh, Slade, I'll let you go first. I, what do you mean by that? Like, uh, it's kind of always saying that, you know, they're, they're, they're big shit when they're really not, uh, you know. Like, if Michigan State fans were screaming that they were going to win the Natty next year, that would be yeah. a great example. Um, I mean, I, I kind of want to say Texas A&M because, I mean, they thought that they had it all, and yeah. they are not really anywhere near near where they need to be. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. Uh, Nick, you got one? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to stick in the same conference here, I think. I might be wrong. I'm pretty, yeah, pretty sure. I'm like, after I said it, I had zero confidence in it. Uh, but I'm going to go with Bama fans here. I've yeah. talked about it. I, I was going to say, when it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, no, they're both SEC. Like, that's definitely right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that while we'll still see Bama, um, you know, they'll still be around. I don't think that they're going to keep competing for national championships like they did, you know, for how many years, a couple years ago. I think Georgia's here to stay. I think there's other teams that are taking steps up. Um, but you ask a Bama fan, and they're now that Stetson Bennett's leaving, they're sure that they're going to win the next four natties. I, I just I don't think it's realistic. Um, I think their coach is maybe not in the next two, three years, but slowly on his way out. I think the team as – the top players in the country start to spread around to the Georgias, the Ohio State, the whatevers. Um, Alabama is not going to find themselves probably not back in the college football playoffs, but if they do, not in the, not winning a national championship anytime soon. I, I, I call that a bold take, but I, I see where you're coming from. Um, before I get into mine, it wasn't bold. It's bold. It's bold. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite responses uh, people are talking about Miami, uh, Texas, uh, Kansas State somehow ended up on here. Uh, but my favorite, <laughs> some guy responds, he goes, you kidding? All of us. The only reason your question is valid, the only reason your question is a valid question is because you phrased it as one. And I suspect you didn't mean it rhetorically. Uh, somebody is not happy, uh, but <laughs> it is what it is. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Um, stacked roster, and I'm not saying uh, they, they don't deserve a little bit of arrogance behind them, uh, but they beat Alabama for the first time in 15 years. They got throttled by Georgia. I understand that wasn't super far apart, but that game was not close at all. Uh, they also got throttled by South Carolina a few weeks later. Um, they have a, a long way to go in my eyes to prove that they're going to be perennial national con title contenders. Uh, and it, I mean, if you ask a Tennessee fan, they already won the national title next year. So um, I'm glad to see that, that you know they, they had a bounce back year and their, their program is back on the right track. Uh, but they're, they're a little too arrogant right now. I think they need to be, a, you know, a reality check. I thought South Carolina that, that game would have took care of that, but clearly that is not the case. Um, but I'm going to go with Tennessee on my pick. Texas is number two for me. 
Uh, and another team thinking that they already had the national title in hand next year. But hey, uh, quick quick segue with college football that you're talking about. Did you guys see the uh, the payment uh, come out for that kid out of Florida? Oh, what? Yeah, what? It was NIL deal would have so, been. So he was supposed to make a quarter million dollars a month freshman yeah. year. It was going to go up to like two eighty five a month. Uh, his sophomore year, it was going to end his his senior year at like three hundred and eighty thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Is how much this kid? Yeah, if he had, All come he back had to do was make year. one tweet, one Instagram post for this company every month, and he had to do eight total appearances a year, which were only where which would be less than two hours per appearance. And he had and to sign be vir- virtual to, or to do an autograph. Right. Signing. He had to sign up to 15 pieces of like memorabilia a season. A year. Huh. Yeah. A year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, and this and dude was going to make 13. So it, it was like, what was it, George? Like $13 million or something like that? I think it was 14. In total. 14. I think it was either way. But yeah. Yeah. No, an absurd amount of money. But yeah. Uh, so Florida kind of dodged a bullet there. One, I don't think anybody's talents is worth that. Uh, now he's signed on to go to Arizona State. But what happened is Florida offered him all this, like, hey, come here. And, you know, they got what they wanted. They got his commitment. And then they kind of realized, damn, we, like, really over overpaid for that compared to what everybody else is, you know, the incoming freshmen are signing. Like, what, why did we do that? And then they backed out of it. Um, so I think they dodged a bullet. I still think Florida's a dumpster fire right now. But Dude, they nonetheless, could, they, that amount of money, they could fund their entire team's NIL program with that. Right, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and that locker room would not get along well with that guy at all. Uh, so, no, this okay, one okay. dude's getting free chicken so, so sandwiches. fire. Yeah, free chicken sandwiches from Bojangles, and the kid uh, next to him that's the quarterback is getting yeah. thirteen million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like I'll trade uh, you some of this yeah. Bojangles. I'll give you my fries yeah. for. Yeah. I'll give you one Bojangles sandwich one, for a million dollars. Yeah, for just one month. That's all I ask. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. It's time for fantasy golf. Uh, we're gonna review last week, which is not a great week at all. At the AT and T Pebble Beach so. Pro-Am. You, you had one good guy. And that was it. <laughs> I did. We uh, all collectively had one good guy, and he just happened to be on my team. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and look at the standings now. Nick does jump me. Uh, I think I only got like what six points. Um, <laughs> it was low. Yeah, it was, it was not low. a lot. Uh, I don't. I didn't get any bonus points. I think I only got make cuts. I, so yeah, I only got five points. I didn't even get six. You got uh, eight that's... points total. Eight. Wow. You had one. Sam, Sam got seven. I got twelve. Nick got thirty-two. We could <laughs> add you, me, and, and Sam up. And he's still... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, hey, that, that's why we did these points the way we did them this year. Uh, so the winners get a little bit more credit. Uh, last year, I mean. I won the Masters, and I think I still finished, like, third for the week. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely – I like the points how we're doing it this year. But it's okay. We're having a bounce-back week this week. We're at the Waste Management Open. I'm only four points back. Uh, Slade, it's okay, buddy. You'll, you'll catch up eventually. Um, let's move on. Uh, not, not too I think sure about we have uh, – Nick, let's go ahead. Uh, let's go over your picks for this week. Yeah, so uh, up first, I have Rory. Uh, he's the number one in the world. He just won in Dubai two weeks ago. This is an easy pick. Um, second, I have Justin Thomas. He is five of five at waste manage- at the waste management since 2018. His lowest finish is a T17. Uh, up next, I have Scotty Scheffler. This is his first official title defense, uh, which sounds crazy if you think about the success he had last year, but uh, definitely his first. Um, he finished tied seventh here the year before that. Uh, next, I have Max Homa. He is four of four at the waste management. 
uh, with two top 15s, and he's been playing very well this season. I believe he has two wins so far in the season. Um, next, I have Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, he has two wins here, as uh, included in five top 10s, and he's following a T9 at the Farmers. And then last but not least, I have Sung J.M. He is three of three at the Waste Management, including two top 20s. Uh, he finished tied for 18th and tied for fourth in his last two starts. Uh, before I move on, just for the, those of you listening at home, uh, when Nick says three of three, four of four, he means made cuts. Uh, obviously, yeah. they have not won all four starts there. I just wanted to get that one across. <laughs> I don't want somebody commenting on Max yeah. has not won four. No, yeah. no that's how he said he made cuts. But, that's a good okay. clarification. Uh, just, just wanted to help you out there. Uh, Slade, let's go ahead and look at yours. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. We're looking at mine. <laughs> Screw me. Um, I, I forgot. We're going in order of, of the points. Um, I don't want to make you go first every week for finishing last, so I'll Ooh. mix it up a little bit. So I'll go last every week for yeah. finishing last. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, first up, I have McElroy as well. Again, I, there's not much that needs to be said about him right now. Didn't have the greatest day today, but uh, somehow he was still within the top 30 at the yeah. end of the day. So uh, <laughs> if, I, if I could play golf, and he, the thing is, he didn't even play that poorly today. He hit a, a couple bad shots. You know, I don't think he hit a lot of fairways. Um, I forget what hole. I want to say it was his 16th hole, but he ended on the front nine, and I don't feel like doing that math right now. Uh, but he was out of bounds, way right. He, he off the wall by like this much, uh, and somehow chipped it through the trees and landed on the green. And I just, I was dumbfounded. I texted you guys, but I don't know if you guys were even watching at that point. But I was, just, I, was I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if you're up to date then, because he's tied for 82nd right now. Oh. When I left, he was yeah, in. <laughs> they suspended. They suspended play. So a lot of the guys, like the guys yeah. we had starting over in the afternoon, yeah. they didn't even get to finish. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Tom Kim, uh, my next guy up. Uh, in his six starts this year, he's made five cuts. Uh, he has three top tens and one win. Uh, so, uh, I have Scotty Scheffler on here as well. Again, he's a defending champ. Uh, he's played. Pretty well to start his day. I don't know uh, where he's at right now. Again, I was getting fitted for clubs because I'm a big boy. I think he was um, having a quietly good day. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about the tournament as a whole here in a little bit. Uh, next up, I have Sam Burns. Uh, four out of five made cuts this year. Uh, he has one top 10 finish and two top 25 finishes. Uh, Cantlay is my next pick. Uh, three out of three on made cuts so far. One top 10 and one second place finish so far this season. He also finished second to Scheffler in the playoff last year. Uh, that was, I think that was the first tournament all three of us kind of really got into and were, were watching and texting each other a lot about. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm hoping he can pull it off for me this week. Um, last but not least, uh, we have Sahith Thagala. Uh, he, breakout star last year, got in on a sponsor's exemption and made the most of it. Uh, this season so far, he is eight out of nine on made cuts. Four top tens, one second place finish, and of course he finished tied third last year here. Kind of fell apart going down the back nine. Uh, I mean, hey, if you can give me a T three again, I'll be more than happy. Uh, Slay, let's go ahead and look at your picks before we talk about the tournament today. So a lot of the same people. Um, I went with uh, Rory as well. Um, I think that he's just kind of been that steady, consistent guy along with the Dubai win, like Nick had mentioned. Uh, next was Justin Thomas. Um, I think he's going to have a great season. So I just figured I'd pick him at the big events, hoping that he wins one of them. Uh, it's not going to help a lot if you guys are picking him at the big events also. But <laughs> um, Scotty Scheffler, like you guys had said, uh, defending his his win. So I had to pick him. 
and then uh, Morikawa. Uh, he's just like Mr. Consistency. They said it multiple times every time he hit the ball. Uh, he is the most accurate golfer right now in the PGA. Uh, when they look at the stats and everything, he is the one that's out of the rough. I mean, he's, he's the most accurate. That's as easy as they put it. Um, and then Cantley, like you said, uh, great showing last year, so I had to pick him again. They don't really change up much at this tournament, um, so you have to think that he's going to have a good finish. Not the best start today, but – and then Xander Shoffley, uh, he was the best start, I think, for me at least. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but he has my best start so far. I'm hoping that he has it carry on throughout the weekend, but, yeah, he's he's uh, definitely turned out to be my best pick so far. Yeah, uh, don't leave him on your bench like you did a few weeks ago. Uh, before we before we talk about how we think the tournament as a whole is going to go this weekend, uh, I just want to give us a quick shout out. We are into week three now, and nobody has used the same players twice so far. So, I, I mean, I really thought JT was going to be one of the ones like off the board super quick. Like, uh, but I mean, so far three weeks in, and I, I was sitting here looking uh, earlier. Uh, let's see, let's go back to the standings here. Um, but thirty-two events, we're already three in, uh, so we're we're not even ten percent of the way there. A little under ten percent of the way there. Still haven't used any more, more more than twice, so I'm I'm happy about myself anyway. Um, I want to I want to get your guys' predictions. What do you think the winning score is going to be this year? Last year it was 16 under uh, before they went into the playoff. Uh, Nick, you first. Uh, your winning score prediction for this year? Ooh, throwing the heat on us here. Um, damn ladybug. Um, sitting at minus five right now for those that are finished uh, at the top of the leaderboard here. Um, we have a couple people, so I'm just looking. Max Homa is minus three through 12. Um, there was some tough win to play through early on in the day today, and then that kind of mellowed out. Um, so I think that if that win can stay down, they're going to start shooting a whole lot better. And that minus five that's leading was shot in that win. Um, so it wouldn't be crazy to think. Uh, minus 20 sounds a little high, but I, I feel like that's – about where we're going to end up, maybe the like minus 17 to 20 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, or sorry, Slade, your, your pick for winning a score this weekend. I'm going to go about the same as last year. I'm going to go like 15 under. Um, the wind seems like it's going to be over 10 miles an hour the entire weekend, except for Sunday where there's like a 20% chance of rain. Uh, so I'm definitely going to say that it's going to kind of stay like this. It almost seemed like everyone was having a really hard time uh, just – figuring out what club to play today. I mean, the wind was basically the same for everyone hitting, but there was some people that were willing to just hit a three quarter uh, power on clubs and others, other people that were hitting like a club and a half short of what they should have been, especially on 16 where we get to see uh, everyone boo and and cheer. Yeah. Especially at that uh, back pinhole location. I feel like there was plenty of green to like run out there and everybody was leaving it even short of the green, let alone like halfway up the green. Yeah, uh, you like like say said. I think the wind's going to be a factor. The the tricky part about uh, TPC Scottsdale and, and the way they design the stadium course around it is a lot of the times when these guys are on tee boxes is they can't feel the wind where they're at it, as compared to where the you know, where the ball is going to fly and stuff. So they're sitting there going, "I know the wind is there, but what is it doing? Like I can't sit here and feel it. I can't you know pick up a, a floof of grass and drop it and see you know how it's pushing it." And so it's a lot of just instinct and feel. And like you said, at that point, if they're not comfortable hitting into that, like, hey, I would rather sit here and in three-quarter power shot up there 
we did see a couple of guys go after on 16. Uh, what Kinzer and, and Fina were probably the closest we saw today. Sure. If Fina would have had a hair less spin on that, I think that goes in. If Kinzer just hits that pin, and I think it drops right on it. Uh, so we're, we're getting close. I think we see one hole in one this week. I, I'm going to go as far Everything as to say, though, here. I don't think it happens with 16. I think it happens with one of the other par threes at TPC. I don't think 16 gets a hole. There was one, one that was close on another one today. I forget which hole it was, but one of them was close. Yeah, to I, hole one I think if they put the pin as one of the locations up front there on the green, which would make it, I think, just over 100 yards or something like that, uh, like with wind in account and stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, I, I think that there was, like 70, there was like 75% of the people hit it like a good 60 feet short of the hole. So yeah, if they yeah. hit something close there, there's gonna be a lot of people putting darts. Yeah. Uh, as far as my, I might have to score, do a little research and check this out. Shut up, George. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go. No, go ahead. Finish, we all, we all said the winning finish. score, so so. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't. Go. I didn't get mine. No, yeah, I just saw yeah. how you were moving on. So that. So go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Go. Um. No, my, my winning no, score. No, I'm gonna no, go no. with uh, 14 under on the nose. I think I'm, I'm not gonna give a range. I'm going 14 under on the nose as a winning score. Um. But I, I think. Like Slade said, with with the weather kind of being there all week with the wind and stuff, it, it's going to be tricky. Um, uh, Friday and Saturday is going to be a little bit easier pinhole locations, uh, but Sunday uh, they they go back to you know Sunday pins are always the most difficult. I think it's it's going to be a low scoring day, um, and if you know we do get a little bit of rain mixed in there, and if the wind is still up there around twenty miles an hour, uh, it's going to be a difficult tournament all weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So my my prediction is fourteen under. Uh, now go ahead and finish your thoughts. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'm gonna have to do a little research because I happened I walked out of the room, but when I came back, uh, Ryder was putting on 16, and I'm pretty sure it was a second shot, and I'm pretty sure he was putting from just about exactly where the hole was last year when he aced it. So I, I'm gonna go back and look at the videos because I'm pretty sure if if not, it had to be within like three feet. That would have been crazy if the pin location was there and he hit it again. Uh. Also, real quick, just to add to how George was saying and that the weather and such and how I, how I kind of mentioned, um, the dew being a reason for them delaying the start this morning. It was frost. It wasn't dew. It was frost. Okay. Okay. But still, um, uh, for the football podcasts and stuff that are happening out, right, out there right now also, everyone has been saying that it is freezing out there in the morning till about 10 a.m. And that it mm-hmm. is freezing at night. So um, – for the guys that started early this morning and now get to start later tomorrow and the guys that started later tonight, they're going to have to get up and finish five, six holes in the morning and then go into their second round. Um, that might be really difficult on them uh, from from uh, a weather standpoint, I guess. Yeah, yeah and if it continues uh, to frost, that's going to just keep building up as the weekend goes we're along. See Monday. Yeah. It, it, it is supposed to be a little bit warmer uh, tonight at uh, low of 51 overnight and then high of 73 tomorrow. So I don't think tomorrow is going to be as big of a deal with the frost. Um, and then if you look to Saturday and Sunday, lows of 47, lows of 46. Uh, so if that rain does come on Sunday, that could definitely play into that. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal going forward. Um, and, and so, Frost, anyway. Obviously, weather across the board is, is still going to be a big part. Um, before we move into our top five, we, I have a little bit of time to kill. Actually, I lied. I'm sorry. We're just going to go right into the top five. Wait, five, I have five, something five. to say quick, then. Spit it out, did, bitch. Did, did you guys see the new news? Uh, Oklahoma and Texas have agreed to exit the Big 12 Conference after the 23-24 season. Oh, wow. Big 12 that. has uh, agreed in principle to that. 
that was a big deal that they thought might not happen. Yeah, where are they going to go? That is a, Do we know SEC. The SEC. Yeah, so they signed a contract to go to the oh, SEC. Same, same with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. Okay. They all signed oh, contracts right. to go I, elsewhere. Yeah. But they had to fulfill their contract duties with the conference they were in. But yeah. now it seems like the Big 12 is, in principle, going to sign paperwork to let them out early. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, so, so big news there. Uh, I mean, we get to see Texas, Alabama again this year. Um Good for them. Uh, they get to go get their ass kicked a year early. So I mean, hope they're excited whoa, about whoa, it. It was one point. It was one point last year. Come on. Okay. Good, good for you. That's you not also... an ass cooking. That's not an ass kicking. That's ass it. kicking is week one, getting beat by 30. Ooh. I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's going to be you from now on every year when you have to play Georgia. So I don't want to. I got it. two teams. So it's all right. I'll claim Penn yeah. State that week. Yeah, okay. So he's got the backup. <laughs> Saints claim with two teams. Texas is going to get their ass kicked in the regular season. Penn State is going to make the playoffs and get beat by 30 in the fucking playoffs. Got a jersey for both. But, hey, at least you, at least you made the playoffs. You, you can say that over anybody else. You can be like TCU. Hey, we made the national title. We lost by 50, but we made the national title. That's all that matters. Um, let's move into our top five uh, before we go into a little bit of a story time. Uh, our top five this week is our favorite holes in golf. This is the PGA Tour. I mean, I, I think we sit here and make a top 25 of just favorite holes, period. Um, I, I'll go ahead. I'll say out loud. For my top five, I picked a few courses they don't go to every single year, uh, but courses they go to nonetheless. Uh, so, Slade, let's go ahead. Let's get your top five first since you want to be a little mouthy today and you don't like one <laughs> last. Uh, give us your top five favorite holes in golf. Um. So... First thing I'm going to say is obviously the 16th hole at Waste Management has to be up there. Um, we're going to, to see that a lot this weekend. Um, another one that I would say would be, sorry, I'm trying to look at my notes here. Um, 17th TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, had a stroke there. Um, I, I think uh, Eamon's Corner, not really able to pick just one, but all three are, are really good. Um Seventh Pebble Beach, we got to see. Uh, I really like that one. And then I one that I would really want to play. I mean, there was a couple that I want to put in here, but the 19th hole at Tiger's Course, um, I, I would really like to play that sometime. Obviously, it's not something that we're going to get to see the pros play, but yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead. I'll get my top five. Um, so I picked mine more off of views than any than more so how I, I would play it. Uh, honorable mentions, I did give uh, uh, 16 at Scottsdale an honorable mention. Again, I would love to hit, you know, not even a hole-in-one because that would never happen, but just a, a golf shot there in general with a full stadium. Um, but just aesthetically, it's not pleasing to my eye. I, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I love throwing on the main feet of that hole while, while guys are there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Sawgrass 18 is my other honorable mention. Uh, I think it's a perfect finishing hole to the players. You have water all down the left side. You have trees up the right side. Uh, it, it's a beautiful hole. You have to hit a perfect drive and kind of arc it along down the fairway as you go. Um, and if That's you're trying to win, it. yeah, um, if, if you're trying to win the players' tournament, which is a huge tournament for these guys, uh, it's definitely a challenging hole to finish on. Um, fifth place is 18th at Harbortown. Uh, this is in Charleston. Um, the RBC Heritage Tournament is there. Um, it, you have... The ocean comes right up to the course. Uh, it actually sits in the middle of the fairway. It's like a marsh right down the middle. You got to get over that to even have a shot to you know, get onto the green. 
uh, with the ocean down the left side, I think it's beautiful. And then you have a lighthouse sitting over top of 18 uh, on the green. Uh, I think it's a really awesome hole to watch, especially when they set up the camera behind the guys when they're teeing off. Uh, I love watching it. Um, I stuck with Pebble Beach for my fourth spot, uh, number six, with just the cliffs on the right side there. Uh, it's an awesome golf hole to see. 18, or excuse me, uh, number three is 18 at St. Andrews. Uh, everybody talks about the road hole at St. Andrews and how that's like one of the coolest courses we play at or the holes we play at. Uh, I love 18 a little bit more. You have the bridge crossing over the creek as you come down the fairway. There's been so many memorable moments. Uh, a lot of times when guys are retiring, they you know give one last salute there. Uh, we saw it with Tiger Woods. It might be the last time he played St. Andrews. He kind of gave that farewell as he crossed the bridge last year. Um, and then just the backdrop of the town as you walk up the fairway, I, I think it's beautiful. Um, number two, I put Sawgrass 17. Uh, the Island Hall, it's, again, a high-pressure situation hole. It's make or break. Uh, think back a couple years ago when R Ricky Fowler stuck that shot within like six inches and he went on to win the players. Um, I, I love it. it. It's a great hole. Uh, number one, I put a 12 at Augusta. It's part of the Amen corner, uh, but it's a par three with the creek sitting right in front of the, uh, the, the green. You've got the sand bunkers pinching the green on the right side, usually where they stick the pin on Sundays. Uh, you need to hit a, a top tier shot. It's, it's a make or break hole at the Masters. Uh, you're in, you're out. We saw last year Cam Smith put one in the water, fell apart, didn't win. Uh, we, we've seen many years. You think back to 2019 when Tiger Woods won his last one. Uh, Molinari having a great day, gets up there, puts one in the water, his day's done. Uh, so it, it tends to be the make or break hole at the Masters. Um, the cute little bridge you got on the left side to go over the creek, again, just kind of adds to the, the aesthetic uh, and why I love that hole so much. Um, so that's my top five. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, so I tried to go with um, a little bit of beauty and a little bit of, uh, like, challengingness uh, with my holes. But I definitely – I kept my ranking from least prestigious to most prestigious for the most part. There's a few that you could probably argue in here. Um, the fifth one, I did include 16 um, at, at the Waste Management. I included that strictly off of atmosphere because it's not necessarily, like, it's a nice-looking hole, but it's not, you know, absolutely stunningly beautiful or anything like that. Um, but just the atmosphere, like even today, uh, every time somebody would hit a shot that wouldn't get anywhere near close to the pin, you'd hear the crowd like booing. Like it's just it's a hole that you don't see, at least from my knowledge of the one year I have watching golf that you don't see anywhere else. Um, up at number four, I have the eighth hole at Pebble Beach. I think you could argue just about any hole at Pebble Beach on this list. Um, they're all nice holes. Pause. But uh, it's definitely a mix of challenge and <laughs> and view. <laughs> Hold on a second here. Uh, up number three, I have the 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, probably one of the most notorious holes in all of golf. Um, like you said, the challenge, the fact that it's at the end of a round, you know, when you need to be hitting good shots. Uh, so definitely a hole that, you know, it, it's always going to get brought up in conversation. I listed three, right? Okay. I wrote down a couple here because I wasn't 100% sure what I, what I wanted to do here. Um, so up at number two, I have the 12th hole at Augusta. Uh, same thing. I, I think that Augusta is one of those like differently beautiful courses. It doesn't have the ocean views like you might see at Pebble Beach or other courses like that, or even you know cliff views or anything like that. But just the woods and everything. As a person who enjoys the outdoors, I think it's beautiful. Um, and obviously one of the most challenging holes in golf. And then last but not least, I have 18 at St Andrews. Um, again, the bridge. It just 
it creates an atmosphere as you're walking up to the 18th, especially on a Sunday. You know, you're walking across that bridge, possibly walking to your destiny, possibly walking, you know, to that that win that you're searching for. Um, and, and the views around it, like you said, George, the town and, and just everything about that whole I, that again, that course is another course you could probably throw half the holes in this list and, and be OK with. Yeah. Um, and for those of you at home, uh, the three of us, uh, plus Sam will be attending the next open at St. Andrews in 2025. Uh, so we'll be there to cover the open live for you guys, uh, in three years or two years, actually. So, I mean, I'm heading back there. I'm excited for it. Um, before we end the show, just a quick little story time, uh, about getting fitted for clubs and, and places that you should go in and should consider going and should consider not going to, um, so to tell the full story. Sunday, I go to the PGA Superstore we have here in Charlotte. Uh, I rented a simulator bay. I was just trying to get some practice in, and I never used a simulator before, so I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, simulator was very cool. I loved it. That was, that was awesome. Um, lo and behold, with about 15 minutes left, I snapped my six iron at the head. Uh, shaft broke off completely. Um, so I finish up. I hit my other clubs, and I get done. I go to the front. I'm like, hey, how much would it cost to get this repaired? And the guy just looks at me and goes, you want to get this repaired? I was like, yeah, I kind of need my clubs. Uh, so he looks it up in the book. He's like, yeah, it's about $100 to replace that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's steep. But, uh, I mean, okay, I'll think about it. Um, well, I'm sorry. It was $100 just to order the, the, the shaft. And then it was like another $50 for the work. So it was going to be expensive to replace. So I was like, okay. But then he also looks at me. Uh, so I've never been fitted before in my life. I, I have hand-me-down clubs or I buy clubs off of Facebook Marketplace. Uh, and just use those and expect to be good. And I don't understand why I'm not. Uh, so the guy looks at me and goes, well, you're using graphite shafts, which are like senior graphites, which are basically for really slow swing speeds, kind of like what you would see with an older person. I'm like, okay. He goes, why don't you head back? It, it's free to get fitted at the PGA Superstore if you did not know that. Um, so he's like, hey, head on back there and get fitted. I'm like, okay, do I need my clubs? First red flag. The guy goes, no, you don't need them. I was like, okay, uh, whatever. Uh, so I put them back in my car. I head back. I wait about 10, 15 minutes because uh, it's first come, first serve. They throw me in the bay. The guy's like, okay, what's going on? And I tell him word for word, okay, I broke it. The guy at the front desk said, this is, you know, something I need to get changed with my game. He goes, okay, just hands me a club. That doesn't say anything about this. He, he just goes, this is a steel shaft. He looks me up and down, kind of like guesses my size, clips it on there, hands it, and goes, all right, start in these balls. I was dead tired from swinging 130-plus balls at the simulator. Um, I don't know if it was that, but this club felt like a brick in my hands that I'm just trying to swing. Like, this is terrible. I'm sitting there, and I turn around to go to talk to the guy. I'm like, okay, what, what, like any tips for me? You know, guy's not there. Guy's gone. I'm like, ah, okay. So I swing for about ten minutes. Finally, he comes up to me, and he just hands me another club. He's all right. Give this one a shot. I'm like, okay. I start swinging. I'm like, all right. Same thing. You know, doesn't feel great. Go to turn around to talk to him about it. He's not there. I'm like, all right. Well, this really sucks. Finally, he comes up to me. He goes, "All right, there's a there's an old set of pings over there for three hundred bucks. Here, try this one." Okay, I start swinging the <laughs> club. I'm like, this, "This is not good. Like, I don't like this at all." And again, go to turn around to talk to him. He's gone. I was like, "Okay, I'm done. Like, I, I'm I'm exhausted from swinging for the past like three hours." Um, and so I, I set the club down. I go to walk away. He's, what, "What'd you think about it?" I was like, "Oh, it was pretty good." But like, my wife's calling me. I gotta get home. Made him excuse. So I get home. I'm texting you guys because I'm super flustered about this. because It just did not sit right with me at all. Um, so Charlotte just opened up a PXG store on Monday. So the guy, so 
funny story about them opening. So they were supposed to open Monday. Um, the first people show up on Monday for like their appointments and stuff. Fire marshal comes in, shut it down. Uh, they didn't have the certificate for occupancy or whatever. So they're closed Tuesday. They open Wednesday. Everything's fine. And then today, they're, uh, it was technically their second day open. They said like an hour before I got there for my appointment, uh, like a fire alarm went off because they're doing construction behind them. And they like hit a water main or something. And so all the alarms started going off. Fire department comes in, kicks them all out. They're like, what the hell do we do to the fire department? That we like, we get kicked out every day, but whatever. Um, so I, I go into the bay. Uh, I had a, an appointment. It's $50 uh to get fitted at phg store for, i did just irons um if you want to do like a full bag i think it's a hundred bucks and then like individual with like you just want to do your driver whatever is fifty dollars um guy comes in he's all right tell me your story you know how have you been playing what are your goals so on and so forth give him the full rundown uh told him exactly what happened at the pga superstore on sunday and he just had this like dumbfounded look on his face like i, I can't believe like that happened to you but all right whatever um as my first like actual fitting experience, I, it was, I loved it. Uh, super, super friendly staff. Uh, the guy was very knowledgeable. Not only was he fitting me for clubs, he's sitting there, he's giving me like little mini lessons. Like, okay, let's move the ball up in your stance. Let's move it back. Uh, let's try this with your swing and so on and so forth. Um, so I just wanted to, to share that really quick with, with you guys and with everybody at home. Uh, it, it matters where you get fitted. It's probably worth it to pay a little bit of money. Uh, like I said, PXG was $50. Golf Galaxy and Dicks uh, is, I want to say, like $99, $100, basically, um, to just do an iron. But again, I, I think it's worth it to go get paid or to pay to go do it. Uh, but if you're looking to improve your golf game, even if you don't think you're that good, uh, I would recommend doing it. And, and, you know, I think it'll make great strides. But uh, I just want to – we're not sponsored by PXG yet. Uh, but I, I absolutely loved the, the guy. I We're going to have to get a whole hell of a lot better. We want to talk about. Yeah, no, uh, but just I, I, a, a amazing experience. I just wanted to share that story real quick. Um, that'll do it for our podcast this week. We thank you guys so much for checking us out. Go enjoy the Super Bowl. Slade, you're looking at me like you want to say something. What do you got? Um, I'm a little disappointed. The NFL awards are happening right now. Pretty sure my Brock Purdy deep, or, uh, offensive rookie of the year award. Not going to happen. I think Sauce Gardner's going to get it. Well, Sauce Gardner's a, a cornerback, so. Uh, who's uh, the other guy? Who's the other guy? <laughs> uh, Garrett Wilson? Garrett yeah, Wilson. yeah, Garrett Wilson. I, I can't remember. I, I think he's the wide receiver that did really well for the Jets. Yeah, um, yeah it was the Jets. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but, yeah, so that'll do it for our, our episode this week. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. You'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget to go follow our socials uh, and check out W.GG. Use code JackWagon for 10% off. Uh, merch is live, uh, still waiting for my shirts to come. So if you do order shirts, uh, just send them a strongly worded email as I did today. Uh, oh, but I got the hat, the hat's oh, dope. I love the hat. Uh, uh, just waiting for my, all my other stuff, but nonetheless, you guys have a great rest of your day and we will see you in the next episode. See you guys.